As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And we're off. We're back. We are off and back. back we and are on. back. And technically, yesterday was the fourth. Uh, so, uh, technically or untechnically or no technically. <laughs> uh, happy Fourth of July to everybody. Our, uh, it's nice to know that our country is still here and we're rolling on for another year. Should we light some fireworks off or like maybe the tree? <laughs> yeah, I should have brought some actually. Could have done them right here on the desk. Uh, what do you do for the Fourth of July? I don't know yet. We'll see. Oh, I know what I did for the Fourth of July. What's that? I was, uh, I was up north. Okay, I guess ask, we'll... Ask me about the time I just had. <laughs> <laughs> it's a time travel show now. It's a time travel show. So it's like, oh, take me to the future, then take me back to the future. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm done being silly. This is show number 29. Welcome back, everybody. And we're glad you're here. And I know that Justin, on my left, I'm on his right, will have some curveballs for us tonight, some great stories, and hope that we can... Help people. That's right. So what do we got? Okay. Right into it. Okay. Also, we will have an update, but we're moving the updates to the end. We are? Yeah. Okay. So we'll get to it at the end. Number one. Hi, Jerry, Morgan, and Justin. I have been wondering if you'd be able to help me with something that has really been weighing on me recently. My 23 female father's sister is in an unhealthy, if not abusive, relationship with her husband. He is her second husband. And to be honest, my family is not fond of him. And it's clear the feeling is mutual. He's a pretty misogynistic guy with incredibly old-fashioned values, which is very different from our family. There's always been tension with my dad's sister because of this, and because she has told my dad and grandma that she wants to divorce him multiple times. I realize that this is not my business, what goes on in my aunt's relationship, and normally I would stay out of it. But this situation has been really negatively affecting my little cousin. My aunt and her husband have one kid together, my 15 female cousin, who I am incredibly close with. She struggles with depression and anxiety, and her home life is really not helping things. My aunt's husband has frequent aggressive outbursts toward 
both my cousin and aunt, to the point where our entire family now has to walk on eggshells around this man. He doesn't allow my aunt to spend time with us alone and often restricts my contact with my cousin. This is really hard for me because I consider my cousin a sister, and I'm the person who offers her constructive help when she's in crisis. I worry that she may need me one day and my uncle won't let me get to her and that scares the shit out of me. My grandma, dad, and I talk about this often and my grandma thinks my aunt may take leaving her husband more seriously if she knew how deeply it was impacting her daughter's mental health. While I'm horrified to watch this behavior continue, I really don't know if it's appropriate for me to have the conversation with my aunt. My grandma thinks this information makes the most sense to come from me because of my close relationships with both my cousin and aunt. What do you think I should do? I don't know how I can go on ignoring a situation that I feel I could really do something about. Well, the dynamic is on a couple different folds. You have the uncle who's, I, I imagine the cousins is his, did I, was this our second husband or first husband? Is this the, 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 the cousin's father? Yeah, so I think it's the, I think it's with the second husband, I think. Right. So so this 15-year-old cousin is stuck with this guy for the rest of her life, period. And if divorce or not divorce, it's still her father. And that's a dynamic that's a problem. So the the only way that they can really find any immediate um, intervention that might correct things is to, is to point out to them that they need to go to counseling, get this guy into counseling for the daughter and for their own relationship. And the, the writer, the woman that's writing this in, has not a problem to go talk to her aunt. She can certainly talk to her aunt, have a, um, say, I, I'm concerned for my cousin. I, I'm concerned for you. I love you. I watch this. If I'm getting, if I'm seeing this, and I realize there's an issue, trust me. It, it, you know, we'll, we'll give the, you know, Diane is the. We'll, we'll use that name for the for the niece, or I mean for the daughter. That Diane is truly affected, and for her, for her per, for for the purpose of her own health, can we? Can is there any possible you can get you know Uncle Dave? to go with you guys for family counseling, at least to open this door to find a way that we can communicate mm -hmm. and not cause any more harm to her because I can see the harm that's coming over her. And you and, and do you see it? I, I don't know if it's right to say you you must see it. I think you know, let, let her own up to that. She does recognize the problem and, and, and have her admit to it and say, Yes, I think we have to do that. And if he won't go or he'll he'll hurt me or he'll this, that will kick up the level of how serious they need to go to, to either get temporary, you know, separation, get somebody to come in to, to manage the, um, to patrol the visitation with the father that will be healthy. You know, there's a lot of mental cruelty going on through mm -hmm. here. Yeah. I think you have to. They have to handle it appropriately to step, take it in step by step, to get this intervention to get help. Because obviously, she's not trained to 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 to. And nor would the uncle listen to her or listen to his his in laws. As far as he's concerned, they don't know anything. Doesn't care. It's his. It's his roost. It's his house. It's his castle. And yeah. fuck, fuck the rest of you. 
And yeah, you guys can all tune him out and cut him off from being around the house, but they can't cut they can't cut him out of out of the daughter's life. That's what you need to have with trying to take it with from a more positive uh, tact by saying, let's get some counseling because this is an issue. And you may not recognize it, but I'd like you at least to go with me. Yeah. And see him say no first and then find someone that's a professional to go to the next step. And, you know, what, what, are, your op- what are your options at that point? Yeah. Well, and the cousin, you know, may make that choice later on that she wants to cut him out. But right, but that for now, it's her dad, and it's just it's been dysfunctional for fifteen years. She's in it. He's he's her. He he is their master and shepherd at this point. That's what he's totally got into their brain. Mm-hmm. So somehow they got to get into intervention and get some help. So you think it's it's totally cool if. Our writer approaches Absolutely. the aunt Absolutely. on her own. Absolutely. And doesn't need necessarily to involve the grandma. Nope. She can do it on her own. This is something that she sees. She's worried. She has a concern. Uh, her and her aunt, I'm sure, have a, have a relationship. And if my nephew came to me and said, you know, Uncle Jerry, I got, I want to talk to you. Yeah. I'm going to back up and I'm going to say, what do you have? You know, what do you got? And I'm going to take it serious. Yeah, because, for sure. Because I'm going to. I can't imagine that the aunt isn't bright enough to realize if it took this took her to come say this, it took a lot of bravery for her to come forward. For sure. Well, and her ideal outcome is I need my cousin to feel supported and I really want her to know what it means to have respect from a partner mm-hmm. and what she shouldn't put up with. Absolutely. Some other info is my aunt's husband doesn't work and lives entirely off her income, so she is not reliant on him in any financial way. You know, well, she has the freedom to leave if, if that's what she wants to do. Yeah. I mean, whatever reason she hasn't, that when people don't leave, there's a reason why they don't leave. If she doesn't feel, uh, have enough self-respect for herself, she's a fear to being alone. Yeah. Um, he obviously offers nothing for her, but but she's still there. Yeah. So it's, there's some something there for for this reason, and you and I don't know that answer. Right. But she can certainly talk to her aunt and figure that. And the fact that she doesn't need him, bless her heart. Yeah, dump for sure. His, dump his ass. I mean, we all. I mean, we we outside, you know, looking in, we can all say that because that's our that's our first response. Yeah, but that does that's not in her shoe to say what what she's dealing with and other stuff because we don't know. Yeah. Okay. Onward. Forward. Okay. Okay. Number two. Number two. I am 23 years old and I want to be a teacher. This past year, I've been working as a long-term English substitute at two different schools. I love teaching and I feel like I am really doing a great job. I have great recommendation letters from all my superiors from both schools and the people I worked with when I was student teaching. The problem is I cannot find a full-time gig. I know school districts in my area can be very competitive, but I feel like I've hit all of the qualifications that they're asking for, and then some. I really think this has to do with my age. Some places ask for more experience before applying, but I don't see how I can get experience if no one will hire me. I started the job search this year feeling ready and confident, but rejection after rejection is lowering my self-confidence and causing me to doubt myself. 
To add to this, I feel like none of my friends or family understand. My mom, also a teacher, hasn't gone through this in a very long time, and when she was my age, she received a full-time job right out of college. My friends from college either have full-time teaching positions or are going back to school to get their master's. My boyfriend is not a teacher and really doesn't know a lot about the profession. Everyone is trying to get me to remain positive, but it is getting harder and harder to do so. I would like to get a full-time position at a school. If something on my application is preventing me from doing that, I want to figure out what it is so I can fix it. I worry that I'm not being hired because of my age and my gender. Female teachers in their early 20s are not super common in secondary education, but my age and my gender have never stopped me from educating students. You know, if you feel that you that there's not a reason in the world that you shouldn't be hired and you're interviewing wrong or bad or something that's going on in what you're saying, uh, communicating with students or with faculty is important. The way that you articulated your letter to us was great. We, we were clear. We understand the problem. So I don't think that we've noticed. I never, I didn't pick up anything that her ability to communicate, mm-hmm. but maybe you need to, uh, your, if your mom has been in the business for so long and has been at the schools, there is faculty at the school that your mom has been that can certainly um, run you through an interview, even though they're not hiring, they can run you through the test. They can train you and make you more proficient in the interviewing process. And that might be a help. Or there also are professional uh, resume and interview uh, people that are out there working that you know help you train for it and get you ready for those interviews. And maybe that might be a place that I would start. You know, the, there's the public sector, there's the private sector for schools, there's magnet schools now. I, I cannot believe without everybody that I know of that are in business, and schools are is a business, everyone's having problems hiring people. For whatever there was with COVID, that people climbed under a rock. We, we, have, we, we have a diseased economy that we're trying to fix. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe the jobs are there. Now, I don't know, you could be in a town of 4,000 people that, you know, 2,000 were teachers and you're oversaturated. But in, what I see around where, where I live in Los Angeles, I can't believe there's not opportunity out there in, in education. Yeah. And it may, it may not be secondary. Maybe you have to go back to a primary or you have to go back to something different. And yet, and I don't know what qualifications or sign-offs you need to have there, but it just seems weird, which tells me it's the interviewing process. Yeah, And I would certainly take a look at that to see how you are doing the interviewing process to get through that and get better training and see if that helps you. Yeah. Well, and I think there is something too. I, this just reminds me of when Morgan was applying with every qualification that you could ever need Mm -hmm. and had so much trouble. And I think just the, the mental aspect of that, of constantly getting rejected Mm -hmm. can really have a really like heart, big effect on you Mm -hmm. to where you might carry that into the next opportunity Mm -hmm. and it might show or just something. So I think, yeah, everyone's trying to, to like tell you to remain positive. And I do think that's really important. Mm -hmm. I think, the more positive you are, the more likely, you know, something's going to happen or that will come through. Right. 
But if she goes and gets them a little extra training in the interviewing process and gets someone to work with her and train her better, she will go in with more confidence because she will feel more ready. They're going to run her through the mill. They're going to they're going to give you object. It's selling. Yeah. They're going to give you objections. They're going to throw things at you. They're going to you know really drive you to be so proficient through the interviewing process that you will be a master at it. Yeah. And I think that investment, it, no matter what it might be for that, that, that little extra interaction, will, will pay off tenfold. It is always an interesting conundrum how jobs that, like jobs want you to have more experience. Mm-hmm. But how do you get more experience if you can't get the job? So mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like that, that happens in, in so many different fields. And it's kind of like a, a catch-22. What do you do? How do you... Like you said, maybe it's a, a different uh, school. Maybe it's a different level of education. Mm-hmm. But I'd be curious if your friends that have all found full-time teaching positions, I would be curious if what their genders are and if that's playing into the fact of why you think it's because you're a female and a young female. I don't know. But I would just, you know, you got you to gotta keep going. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with this. I, I've, I've employed people. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that the interviewing process means a lot. And how, how you present yourself. And I'm not saying you're doing it wrong. I don't know. But I know that one thing, no matter how great you are today, you go and you get drilled with it and you get really prepped, it's not going to make you worse. Yeah, right. And it's the cheapest investment you'll make to go do this. And they'll help you through this process. For sure. That, you know, that coaching. So, and you got to get a good coach. That's, <laughs> you just can't get the wrong coach. Cause, you know, I have a few friends that have certainly been in the job market and I've listened to some of them on interviews, mm-hmm. you know, with the, with the primary um, interview. And, you know, they, the, the speech pattern they use, the words they use, the, the rhythm they talk in, um, some are great. And some are not great. Not that they're not great great for the job, but the way they carry themselves and present themselves isn't isn't working. And I can see it. Yeah. I actually even had a full class in college dedicated to this. A full semester class dedicated to interviewing applications and, and everything of the sort. And I always thought it was funny because I knew I was never going to be applying for a job. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> here you can help this person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... She I, should she should have called on, on, on the call-in show we just had. And that's we, right. we would have had a great time. That's true. That would have been really good use of it. So think about that. We do a call-in once a month. Any of you listening out there and really want to have a conversation with us, call on in. We'll, we can have a real conversation. Yeah. Find it on Patreon. Patreon. Okay. All right. Onward. Yep. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, everyone. I just want to say I love listening to both podcasts when I get ready in the morning. But I, 16, almost 17 female, have problems with my grandma, 66 female. We've never gotten along and we have lots of problems. We're always fighting and yelling at each other. And I just don't know what to do. Honestly, the stuff she says hurts my feelings, but everyone tells me that's just how she is. And her kids never took it like I do. The way she treats me It sucks. I'm a junior in high school, almost a senior, and can't leave my house. She'll say no or yell at me, so I don't even bother. She has her favorites, and it hurts because she makes it so obvious. I asked her to go to the graduation, and she told me no, but when my cousin asked, she said yeah. This is all over the place, but I don't know what to do. I can't talk to her. She'll just yell at me and not care. I often feel like I'm not good enough, or she doesn't even want me around. In the years I've lived with her, I've never gotten any love or comfort. She's never told me she loves me or even hugs me, but she brags about my academic success. Uh, She says a lot of messed up stuff to me about my weight and calling me names. My heart can't take it and I hate living here, but once I'm 18, I feel like I can't even leave because I feel guilty, but I can't live here anymore. It sucks and I constantly feel like I'm not good enough. Yeah, I, I feel you. You know, some people are, 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 are brought up in environments uh, that they were abused emotionally. And this woman sounds like a person that was brought up in this. She learned it somewhere. She didn't wake up one morning and say, everyone else is wonderful and you're, and you're not. She has some bone. I don't know... As strange as this sounds, she may have a higher expectation out of you than she has out of other people. She may feel closer to you in some ways that you remind her of her, that she's harder on you than she's on everybody else. It may not be coming from somewhere of negative. It could be coming from somewhere of, of fear and wanting to protect and make you the best you can be. I'm not saying she's right. She's obviously fucked in the head the way she's pulling it off. Mm-hmm. And it's backfiring. It makes you feel less. It makes you insecure. She's not building you. She's tearing you down. I get all that. Yeah. And, you know, it, to go to her and try to have the conversation, I don't know if you're going to, if if the tri- if your triggers and her triggers are going to be blown from the first moment. You obviously need to get some help and some counseling to help you with yourself to get the tools to deal with this. For sure. And it's those tools that you will gain by getting some assistance that will help you not letting her have an effect on you that you can get through this. I don't know how your parents are dealing with this with, with, I mean, I don't know if she's your paternal or fraternal grandmother. So if it's your dad or your mom. Well, and there, there may be a reason she is living with her grandma, so yeah, we, we don't know. We just don't know. But there are certainly issues going on, and you need to get some assistance with it. So it doesn't 
destroy you. I mean, in, it's 10 years. You've got a 10-year window from 16 to 26. Huge growth at this point in time. And this is where you, you know, you've got to get yourself secured. Yeah. So my, my suggestion, the only thing that you have in your control is you. And if you can't manage all this on your own because it's just the lack of experience and knowledge what, what is right, you need to find a mentor who can work with you or a psychologist that can help you give you the tools to deal with this woman. Right. Because I just don't know. Going to her and saying, Grandma, I need you to be my support team not my not not my critic yeah and i don't know if she'll digest it maybe maybe she will for a moment maybe you can make a breakthrough you know i'm not going to say you can't but i would really work with somebody that's a professional in this area that can help you guide and and deal with deal with this yeah with again i'll, I'll use that word again with the mental tools to get through it yeah and i think the piece about I hate living here. Like just the emotional toll and the weight of all this on mm -hmm. you. I don't think you should feel guilty if you leave at 18 for your own self worth. Oh, absolutely. It, it's leaving at 18 would be the most normal thing you could do. Right. You don't have to stay a prisoner and, and for the abuse. This is emotional abuse. You need to get away from it. Yeah. Absolutely. And you're about just over a year away. So. Right. But but in the meantime, because of this has been a lifelong thing that you're going through, and you don't want to carry this behavior going forward to your next, you know, to your kids. Yeah. You know, I grew up with, a, you know, some people say, gee, I'd love to know more about how, where you came from, Jerry, and we want to hear more about your life growing up. I grew up with, with in a home with two parents. My father did not know how to have a, have a discussion, at least with me. He only knew one tone with me, and that was octave 22. My mother would say, why are you, I would, I would travel, I'd be out of town across country. My mother would say, why are you on the phone? He can hear you in New York. <laughs> you know, why are you yelling? Yeah. My father did not know how to be positive, encouraging, nurturing, he didn't, he didn't digest any of that. He only came out of Patton's army and he only knew one way to, to drive, drive, drive and treat him like a soldier. Yeah. That was it. So my father's and my relationship was very strained that way. And in, in our home, there was nothing but yelling and screaming and whatever. I mean, my fr friend of mine, my best friend and I laugh because he remembers my father riddling you know, off in a tangent saying, and I thought you were smart. So we, we use that, you know, to, you know, to be uh, comical with one another at yeah. this point. My, yeah. father, my father's been gone for 30 plus years. But the point is, is that I came out of that relationship with growing up in that home saying, I will never have a home where there's yelling. I, I, if I've yelled at my kids, I bet you they can count it on, 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 on a couple fingers in their whole life. Uh, you can interview, you can certainly write into Morgan and ask her. I mean, that's just not our home. There's other people that have yelled. I can't deal with yelling. It, it, it's a trigger for me. So yeah. if I'm in a relationship, there's yelling, I walk, I'm out. Because I believe we can communicate on, on a civil 
direction. We can have a conversation. And sometimes I get frustrated when you can't have a frustration. So, you know, I'll lock down for a while and say, I just got to go do my thing. And maybe I'll take another stab. Maybe that person will have a little extra time to, to think about it. Maybe we can open up a dialogue again. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a conversive type of a person. Yeah. And I hope that you can get to that part for yourself as you go forward and you may need to get some help with those tools so you don't duplicate what you're experiencing with grandma right yeah so so back with when you were younger with your dad what tools did you use to combat that and and my mother was was brilliant so she in her own way i watched how she communicated with people and i took on those tools i I was able to figure that kind of out on my own as I got older and I would listen in relationships to people yelling and saying, this doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So I developed my way of talking and communicating in, in, in my own answer to that behavior that my father had. There was enough yelling. I didn't have to yell in our home, but we had plenty of yelling. Yeah. <laughs> so when it came to in business and sales and communicating, I really learned that um, open your mind. Wait till they talk. Wait to see what they have to say the best you can. And take your experience and try to be more of, of an optimistic, encouraging person. A teacher, you know, we talked about this person who wants to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Some of the, the some of the most brilliant people I know that I, that I've either dated or I be I've been lifelong friends with are teachers, and the best teachers are the ones that know how to communicate and let you let you learn, help you learn by a certain different a different mode than trying to beat them in beat it into them. Yeah, you sure. Know, trying to let them absorb it rather than beat it into them. So I, like I said, there's tools and I think that if she goes to a professional and, and that can listen to her and talk to her, you know, we have, we have a two minute write in, you know, it's not enough. Right. Sure. So I, I, I wish you luck and please update us. Yeah. Okay. All righty. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I want to start with, I binge listened to every episode to date in three days. And I love the show. It's very comforting and I love the openness. That's 29 shows, 28 shows. That's dedication. It is. We love it. (laughs) Thank you because I binge watch some different shows and it means a lot when I find one I like to binge. That being said, I need some advice. I'm here for you. I have very strict, very religious parents. 
I moved out of state a few years ago and our relationship is much better now. But I have a motto. I give them news like I would give news to a child. I don't tell them anything they can't handle. My boyfriend, 26, and I, 25, are moving in together. That was the first argument. Planning to get engaged soon, which I haven't told them yet. And I already know I do not want a wedding. No ceremony, no party, no big, expensive, stressful ordeal. It's just how I personally feel about weddings. That's going to be a huge point of contention with them. My boyfriend and I feel the same about the wedding ordeal and are debating whether or not to bring our families into any part of our commitment to each other. But ultimately, it's our decision. I just need to know if you think that's selfish. And how do I communicate to them that we may not have any kind of wedding at all? Can I answer the first question? Yes. The first question was, do I, do I think that they are being selfish? No. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me be clear. No. <laughs> I fully get it. And, um, you know, commitments with, with, between them and God and their desires to control you on your religious commitments i'm sure you have a lot of character and 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 your own way of of believing in whatever your choices and in, in your behavior and your god or lack thereof i'm not sure what you are but you sound like a person that certainly has figured out commitment figured out respect figured out some of the basics because you're with a man that you love and you were able to make some choices together as a couple. And bless your heart, you grew up. You're growing up and you're doing great. Yep. So um, this is what it is to grow up. You know, when we lose our parents, that's when it, it, it's interesting. That's when the castle divides. Everyone becomes the head of their own castle. But the reality is you're coming the head of your castle. You, you don't have to have your parents die to become the head of your own castle. You take the power. Mm -hmm. And so my vote for you is fantastic. I think that you will do just fine. If you want to have a wedding with your parents there, great. And if it's something that you want to do just as an intimate between uh, your boyfriend and some other people that are important to you, so be it. It, it. it isn't. Parents do wait for their kids to get married. We do love to see that our kids find the person they're in love with. Um I wait for the day for hopefully you guys to get married, but I certainly do hope for the day that Morgan wants to get married and have kids and go on to that next, that next, that next point in their life. As Taylor and, and Matthew, I, 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 I'm glad to see what Matthew has done. Matthew has built his own castle. Taylor, he's got his own castle. <laughs> he's very independent. Mm -hmm. Morgan is also, you guys are independent. And and I and you witness our relation. You don't see where I have a control on Morgan and the things that she does. That's never been my position. I right. always sit back and say, "Hey, I just kind of like to know what you guys are up to." Because I want to be, in, I right. love watching. I like to be included in, in the knowledge because it makes me happy to see you guys experience and do things. Right. Not that I'm going to tell you how to do it. I don't. I don't think you've really too much. You know, get that that kind of shit out of me, unless it's something I really see that that might need to be considered, I might you know, drive a little harder. Maybe you might want to consider this thought. Like you're using a hammer to, to put a screw into a board, but really you should use the screwdriver kind of thing. Yeah. 
Like, but, why struggle but, if you don't but, have to, right? But if you want to use the fucking hammer, go <laughs> knock yourself out. <laughs> but this thing does exist. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And here's the way it was designed to work. Yeah. But... Well, and so with their with their info, there's other future plans him and I have that are much bigger than marriage. And the conversation about him moving in with me made it difficult, tense, and I am still not in their best graces. I just want ideas on how to tell them about the about the wedding. The wedding? Because I think they she does want to tell them. She can just go tell them. I, I I'm never one to start you know try to get political and find when's the right moment. What's this? The answer is it's not your, when you give it to them, don't give it to them in anger, you know, because you're, you know, you're frustrated with them. So it's not like, and we're getting married. Yeah. Mom and dad, you know, and walk in with him holding hands. Want to make you aware that we have long-term plans. We, we are, we're engaged or we're getting engaged. I mean, if they're not engaged, look, I feel for the kid, for, for the boyfriend, because he may even want, it, it's the scariest thing in the world to go to a father and say, I want to marry your daughter. Because not that they're not expecting it, it, for some reason, I remember I went through it. Yeah. I've been engaged once in my life, and I remember she says, you're going to have to talk to my, you know, to my dad. And so, you know, I went and I, and everyone knew, I, the, the mother knew that the conversation was going to, was going to happen. The father knew I was going to have to go talk to him. And, right. And it was an awkward, it was awkward from every dimension. <laughs> but, you know, it's, but you do it. Yeah. And this guy, you know, has already gotten, you know, resistance for whatever it is. Even with resistance, he's manning up if he goes to the father and says, I want you to know that I, I really want to marry your daughter and I'd like to have your blessing to ask her. And that father will hopefully, <laughs> I can't guarantee it. He could say, fuck you and there's no fucking way you're marrying my daughter. But you, you, you hope it's an opposite. Well, and what if that's not the biggest problem? What if the problem is the fact that they don't want to have the big wedding ceremony and the whole deal? They, they can tell them right then and there too. We are going to get married. and I want to marry your daughter. But hold that one off. Let them first say yes. Right, right. You know, or go, go through that first emotion. And then after they get through that ordeal, they can say, because everyone's going to be talking about the wedding, and she'll say, mom and dad. Dave and I are not going to have a big wedding. We're going to do something very simple, very, we don't want to spend the money. We just don't believe in, you know, whatever it is. I know you, you, you know, the parents have their hearts set on having a wedding, but I want to save you the, and, and I know it's not my business to save you the expense. It's your money, but we're just not into it. Right. And so please, you know, enjoy our happiness with us. Our, our lives together, the, our future with children or no children or whatever the hell it's going to be. But, you know, I would do it that way and I would yeah. present, and, and I wouldn't hide it. I would be very direct, very matter of fact, but I would be soft spoken about it because if you come at a force with force, what's the first thing that person wants to do is they're going to resist that force. Yeah. So try to make it like, you know, bringing chocolate milk <laughs> Coffee and creamer together. You know, make it soft yeah. and easy. It's don't make it a shock. One, it's like I know it's easy to sit in front of this mic and talk about these issues sometimes, but 
I really do put myself in these shoes. And I know that no matter how you do it, it's just, I mean, it's not easy. This isn't an easy conversation. It, it should be, but I don't think it necessarily will be. So it's just, I think the hardest part here is not the how, not the when. It's just doing it. Right. Just and, and go re- for it. And remember one thing. I'm talking to people and telling them what to do because I, I know how I would respond. Right. I'm not everybody else. I was taken to the crosshairs about two months ago in one of the, in one of the comments that, where somebody said, Jerry, you are in your own fantasy land, basically. You know, you tell people that, you know, that everyone's going to be nice and sweet and talk about their homosexuality or this and that. Some people, you know, fathers will, will kill their kids. If, I mean, literally will shoot them if they feel that they're homosexual. Or there'll be violence or there'll be this. I, I recognize that not everybody is normal. And I do give advice on the way I see it because I, I'm trying to be as most logical as I can. And if the parent can't handle it, then the kids got to walk. They're, they got to live their life. Right. Everyone's got to live their life and can't live under the fear. What are they going to do? What are they going to say? Right. They'll figure it out. You know, you tell them to, to basically, we're not going to, we're not having a wedding and they, they're having a fit. The answer is, we're not having a wedding. We're not going to be manipulated. We already made our decision. We thought this thing through. We know what we want. You want to have a wedding? Go have your own wedding. I don't want it. I love you. I respect you know your, your feelings about it in regards to us, but this is not a direction we want. Right. And that's, you can't, if, when you drive that home, you got to be a mourn if you don't, if, if you got to be non responsive if you were comprehend, comprehensible. <laughs> I can't even come up with a word. You can't comprehend that, then deal with it on your own. Right. Go for it. Yeah. I, I Sooner say, than later. Yeah, don't put off the pain, man. Yeah. It just makes sense. Just get it out. Go do it. Be brave. Say it. But like I, like I said, say it with kindness. And with love in your heart. There it is. Deliver it the way it should be delivered. Yes. Okay. Got another one? I do. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you in advance for your advice. Female 17 here. I am going to college in the fall, but I'm getting very anxious about it. The thing is, I have two very different paths of life I can see myself going down but I'm not sure which one I should pursue. The first one is to study to become a biologist and work with animals. 
The second one is to study writing, film, and business to work in the film or entertainment industry. I have loved animals my entire life. I would genuinely enjoy researching and working with them. The thought of traveling and studying wildlife and life in the oceans is exciting to me, but I also love film and writing. Storytelling in general is very important to me. Even if I worked with animals as a main career path, I could never abandon this part of me and would have to just have it in my life in some sort of way. Additionally, I do actually have experience in the film industry, and a lot of people, family, strangers, etc., say that I naturally have talent for working in front of the camera and always tell me that I should be in that I should work in that type of field. As for my personality, since I know it's an important consideration, I am naturally creative and adventurous. I don't see myself having any trouble in either of the careers, except I do have a hesitation towards film. It is always talked about as being a child's dream, too exclusive and unprofitable. Although I know I have the capability and drive to succeed at both, that factor specifically worries me. I know I can change my major, major later on, but I really want to make the most of the time I have and avoid any mistakes that I could have avoided. But what is most important to me is to focus my attention on the right thing. I want to go all in so I can make the most of my career and my studies. However, I want to minimize the impending what-if factor that comes with making one decision over the other. Being a biologist could be a good fit for me, but I don't know if I could live with never having tried to see where working in the film industry could take me. I am feeling a lot of pressure to make this decision right now, but I just don't know what to choose. I remember growing up years ago with a show called Wild Kingdom. But the point is, is that you can do a major of one and a minor of the other, get the experience of biology, and certainly on your own start tying in the the film industry and what part in film because I don't know if you're looking to be in a writer or director where in film you want to go but I can tell you that you can get a you can get a taste of both depends on where you go to school now I don't know if you have the funds or have the grades to get a scholarship but I know that USC in Southern California offers an amazing film school and they also have an amazing biology department so you can mix this stuff. And, and even though you go to work in one area, it doesn't mean you can't go get a, get a job or experience in another area and, and implement those things. Morgan got a degree in occupational therapy. Has nothing to do with podcasting. Right. But she certainly brings all the knowledge that she has from occupational therapy and medicine or whatever her experiences are and applies it in her life to other things. You can never go wrong with getting knowledge or experience in any in anything. Yeah. And you will find that as you're doing these core as you're taking this tact through life, you will experience different directions. You just never know until you get there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I mean, how many movies have we seen or shows that are produced that have to do with science? Unbelievable. Yep. I'd say keep going for both. Let you wet your feet in, in, in each one of them as you go. You're 17 years old. You're not going to, no one would ever expect you to make your, these directions or choices before you're 24, 25, or 26. You know, just get your, get the different experiences with the different classes. 
If you need to take a few extra classes to get there, take those extra classes. They're never going to hurt you. And some people go with what's called double majors. They just, they they figure out what they like and then they figure out how they're going to implement them and and mesh them into their life. Yeah. Because you may may first say, hey, I'm really into doing this film. I like the knowledge of what I'm learning in biology. But then all of a sudden in a year or two, something happens and you have an experience that festers something that's going on in your life. And you go, I'm going to be a full-time biologist and make... And, and come up with a cure for, you know, making dolphins talk. Yeah, right. <laughs> you just, you never know. But something, it the more you get adventurous into these different sciences, if it's the science of film or the science of biology, it's going to, with these studies, it's going to make you who you are. Yeah, I went through this exact same thing. This, these are the exact things I have because I want to be proactive. I want to go in all in on what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Very undecided at the end of high school. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, life is short, but careers are long. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, when I came out of high school, I was literally, I'm so physics and space obsessed that mm-hmm. I wanted to go. I honestly was debating going Air Force astronaut academy mm-hmm. and then be trying to be like a commander on a mission to mars like mm-hmm. i thought my age would line up with that and that could be a real you thing you still want to be a, you still want to be a commander on a mission to that's mars. right the other side of me had the music mm-hmm. and then i go to college for neither of them i go to college for entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and which Yes, it can be applied to almost anything you do in life. You sell yourself no matter what you're doing. You are your own business. In music, you you know, it's it it applies to everything. I still have both these passions. Yes, I'm going like deep into the music one now, mm-hmm. but I am constantly studying physics, looking up new space stuff, and staying up to date with all the latest stuff. And I still want to apply to a mission. And and as you do all the studying, you are playing in the background 2001 Space Oddity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, I at that age, it's so difficult to realize how much time you do have mm-hmm. and how you won't, you won't set yourself back. I think um, the biggest thing that sticks out to me from this whole write-in mm-hmm. is the what if factor. Mm-hmm. That is the killer. If you never explore the what if, you're going to have that forever and you will regret it. So I know you want to be proactive. And I agree. I think you find a way to do both or go try one and then try the other. You have the time and the ability. All the time. You're 17 years old. And you've got all the time. And you'll be so fulfilled in life having gone and at least tried and maybe succeeded at both mm-hmm. no neither one of these experiences would be harmful to you you can go intern on, on on a show you can go intern in biology you can try you know in the summer during the summer do some internships right you know put your passion go to school do the double major or don't or go non-declared right now and just take classes but either way, go if you're if you're in the environment for it and my god I don't I have no idea where she is but if you're in LA where you know where you have these schools and you have water and we have you know mm-hmm. I mean we have we we it's all here there are yep. places that do biology for for sea life here it's yeah. it's very apparent here because we have you know the California coast it's true so you'll find it here yeah. it's just where you, where you position yourself right now when you come out of school 
that's more critical to what you're doing than worrying what, you know, what to be. Go get the experience in college. College is definitely in your future one way or the other. Oh, yeah. There's no way around this one for you, but it's the choice of school. Well, and uh, I think if you choose one and don't go for the other, you'll feel like a part of you is always going to be missing. Yeah, no, you can do it both here and figure it out. But the beauty is, in anything else we should know, the school I am attending has great programs for each of these studies. There she is. So let's go for both. That's I knew people that did double majors and and had, you know, multiple different passions. Mm-hmm. And they loved it. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, you might be in school a little longer, mm-hmm. but you're going to save yourself that time of needing to go back and start over. Here's the best part. You're doing something you love. It's not work. Yeah. It's just gaining information experience every single day. Yeah. You get to drink it. You get to drink from the great, the greatest tap there is. Just drink that knowledge. Well, and the thing is, if school takes you an extra two years, three years, because mm-hmm. you want to go for both. Nothing. You're yes, not going to lose anything because, like, I think in terms of the music business, because that's where mm-hmm. I so am, am right now. And like Dan Nigro, who did all of Olivia Rodrigo's stuff, and now mm-hmm. she's the biggest pop star. Mm-hmm. This was the breakout year for him, and he's 30. Mm-hmm. So extra time is not going to set you back, and you're just going to feel so fulfilled if you if you find a way to combine them or you know do the major minor thing or a double major. I just think it's so exciting, and I you know I I love that I didn't necessarily you know the space thing isn't fully closed for me. You can still I may not pilot the mission, but you can still apply and and get on. Is just a citizen or you just make a lot of money and you buy a ticket that's true i want to do the mission critical stuff though where it's like intense but okay i love this ride in because i was in the exact same place and so it excites me but i'm very curious uh how you know what it's like when you first go into college and everything so you got to stay in touch stay in touch write us write us write us write us so uh, you had me on a short few, so uh, let's, I think we're going to go on to some uh, ta- discussions of uh, the write-ins of last week. The um, an update. The what? <laughs> I was I was seeing if you'd figure it out. Yeah. Okay. So this one's a long read. The follow-ups. But, the follow-ups. But we'll get through it. This was the person who was worried about uh, their family's meeting and her mom. Uh, doesn't speak English very well. And so she's worried about her boyfriend meeting her mom right. and being we, awkward. And we talked about the the, uh, the app. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. I remember that. Hi, so I'm the one who asked about my parents meeting my boyfriend and his parents. Episode 23 called Go With It, uh, the first story. Since you said you like follow-ups, here you go. Uh, P.S., bear with me, this is super long. I took your tips and we met up first with my boyfriend and then a different day with his parents. So they loved each other. They all had so much fun together and it was lovely. Mom didn't feel awkward at all since my boyfriend and his parents had been practicing Spanish without telling me. They were all listening to podcasts and practicing together. My boyfriend even signed up for a course. I only found out when he accidentally slipped up and told me what he had learned in, in his Spanish podcast that day. 
I have never had anyone learn Spanish for me, so I cried for 15 minutes straight. <laughs> I speak four languages and Dutch being one of them. And since I live in the Netherlands, my previous partners would communicate in either English or Dutch. And that was it. Specifically, their family never cared to know my culture. I should, I should get to know theirs, not only the other way around. He stayed with my mom alone for five minutes while dad and I had to go inside my place really quick. And he proceeded to take out his phone and type on Google Translate that he loved me and that he thought I was the most amazing person he had ever met. He also tried to say it out loud and somewhat succeeded. That made my mom laugh. He also tried to talk with her in Spanish and they ended up understanding each other. Mom loved him. He spent the entire time we were together talking my dad's ear off. I guess I forgot how much he can talk and how he genuinely becomes friends with everyone. I had no reason to worry. I did have a small breakdown the day before since I started overthinking it and it hit me how much of a big deal this was and how much I loved him and wanted to be with him. He stayed super patient and kept reminding me that it wasn't too late to cancel it if I wasn't ready and that we could do it any other time. That I could determine the pace of our relationship, that I didn't have to do anything I didn't feel ready or comfortable doing. I'm happy we went through with it. With his parents, it was the same thing as with mine. He just talked the entire time and made it all super chill for everyone. He told his parents I was scared, so they made sure I was super comfortable and made it very clear to me how thankful they were to have met my parents and thanked me for trusting them and for letting them into a different part of my life. And also thanked me for making their son so happy and how grateful they were for having me in their lives. Overall, it was a perfect week with my parents and that it went so well with him and his family made it even a more perfect week. I am super thankful the people I've chosen to surround myself with, not only him and his family, but also his friends. It hit me how much I've made a life here with people who love me and care about me. He is still practicing his Spanish so he can talk with all of them. So thank you for your tips. I couldn't believe it when I was hearing you talk about it. Thank you so much. I guess I really had to just go with it. And I learned that a lot of times I let anxiety take the best of me. Wishing you all the best from your Spanish family in the Netherlands. I love it. Yeah, keep yourself out of putting yourself in those things that I call tailspins where you get yourself caught into this thing and you worry, 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 and you just whoosh, spiral yep. down. Get pull, when, you, when that happens, let go of the yoke, let it naturally correct and fly the course. Yeah, it's perfect. I love okay. it. What Great else? way to end. Got another one? Is that it? That's where we're ending. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us for number 29. And um, we look forward to seeing you. I, we have a Patreon after this. We do. And come join us in the Patreon. We'll see you on number 30 next week. That's right. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.